This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast, sponsored by Lucy Nicotine. It's a company founded by former smokers who are finally making tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Go to lucy.co, L-U-C-Y dot C-O, lucy C-O, and use the promo code O-P-O-P-I-E at checkout and get rid of your old cigs or vape. got a windy one on the beach today good morning everybody what's going on hey tish how are you first in the room hey rachel what's up and steve mccann what's going on gene anderson that's a brand new name in the facebook live what's up robert and steve o-r-o-s-z i don't know how to say that ian johns what's up marcus kramer how are you brian bernard oh my god stephanie lee oh my god Jonathan Thomas, what's going on, everybody? Karen, Karen, <laughs> you can't even hear that name anymore, right? As soon as you hear Karen, you're like, oh, what is she complaining about? What is Karen complaining about? I feel bad for all the Karens out there. Uh, my uh, my fake sister, uh, her name was Karen, so I kind of laugh every time I hear the name Karen. <laughs> Karen is complaining again. What's up, everybody? How are you? I was going to do a fun, fun episode. I wanted to talk about the documentary that's on, I think it's Showtime, Outcry. A couple of you people turned me on to the uh, Outcry documentary, and I kept my mouth shut because I knew it was one of these documentaries where someone could give it away. And uh, I binge-watched that whole damn thing and absolutely loved it. And it reminded me why I hate the judicial system in America. It's supposed to be about the truth, but a lot of times it's about ego and careers and not being wrong. And uh, if you haven't seen Outcry yet, please do yourself a favor and go watch Outcry. And then we'll talk about it on a a future episode of the OP Radio podcast, okay? But it was really, really good, man. I really enjoyed it. Do you live on the water uh, in Long Island or on Long Island, Daniel writes? Yes, I'm way, 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 way out east. I'm trying to get further and further away from people. (laughs) I... uh, I just saw before I turned this on a um, an article about New York City and actually an article about the Upper West Side in New York City. And that's where I I'm, I'm getting close to saying that's where I used to live. And boy, are things not getting better. Boy, is the coronavirus uh, destroying New York City. Boy, is the coronavirus destroying a lot of cities because. The deal is um, we're going to be with the coronavirus for a very, very long time. And I think people are starting to realize, you know what? The one way we could cope with this uh, pandemic is to find places to live that has less people. And I think that's why cities like New York and, uh, well, I mean, add the other cities to the list on your own time. But I think uh, I think a lot of these cities are going to be in deep, deep trouble, man. Deep trouble. But they're talking about my neighborhood where the crime rate is way up. They're talking about restaurants trying to survive, but um, 
they just simply can't and they're doing the outdoor dining to try to survive and people are basically sitting on the sidewalks with trucks just zooming by them and they feel like they're kind of safe and they're they're eating without masks and, and, and the rats are coming out from uh, underground because they're desperate and they need food and the only reason we have so many rats in Manhattan is because we human beings feed the effing rats and uh, they're like, what the hell? Where's all the food? So now they're above ground and they're getting more and more aggressive and they're eating each other on the sidewalk. And people that still live in New York City, they're like, oh my God, Ope, you got to see how many rats are dead on the streets of New York City. But people are trying to go on with their lives and they're eating in the street, basically outside these fancy restaurants. And then stupid de Blasio, the mayor... He basically took three or four really nice hotels on the Upper West Side and filled them up with homeless people. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It's like it's like a it's like a movie, man. So now there's more and more homeless on the Upper West Side, and they're just camping out under scaffolding because that's where they get protection from you know the rain, and in the winter the snow. And uh, this article was basically saying they don't even, they don't even know how New York City comes back from the coronavirus. They said that uh, the subways are getting scary again and that uh, there's barely any people on the subway cars and uh, and people are just trying to avoid each other. But there's just too many people that still kind of live in New York City. So uh, I don't know what I was getting at, but basically I'm like really, really annoyed, big time annoyed by this whole thing. Um, And then I found out that my kid's school... They were going to open up in September, and uh, they sent out a big email yesterday to explain why they're going to have to start with online learning, uh, and then try to open up the school in October. Is it really windy? If it's windy, I'm shutting down this this podcast. I'm shutting it down. I'm trying to do something here, but the damn weather is changing uh, right in front of my face here. Can you hear me? They uh, decided to do the online learning for the first month for my kids' schools. I got to be honest with you. Um, you know, I bitched and complained about opening the schools, but the schools that my kids go to, they had a decent plan. They uh, they rented all sorts of space to spread out the kids better, and then they were going to use outdoor space, and they were going to use the roof of the buildings and. You know, we were starting to think like, eh, okay, you know, and they were going to go back uh, kind of part-time. Um, and then they uh, they had a vote, and the school decided it's not safe, so they're going to start with online learning until October 7th, I think. And their reasoning was pretty solid. They basically said the testing is not there yet, and, and we're all talking about the testing. They're like, look, if you're if you're the NBA, if you're Major League Baseball, if you uh, work in and around the White House, then the testing's great. You could get the results back immediately. But to get the coronavirus test back immediately, it's very, very expensive. Most of us, if you get a test for the coronavirus, you got to wait. And they said that's what's going to make it impossible to open up the school because basically their plan was, okay, we open up the school. If someone is sick, then we're going to uh, quarantine that class or that pod for 14 days. And that's how they were going to deal with the coronavirus. But they're like, look, because the test results take so long, if someone looks like they might have the coronavirus and we send them home, at that point, we just got to assume they got it and shut everything down. And that would make it almost impossible to do any type of learning at the school. So they said, look, 
let's uh, let's start with the online learning. They feel like in the next four to six weeks, the testing will get way, way better. And then at that point, we could all uh, try to live with this coronavirus, which obviously is going to be with us for a very, very long time. So that's uh, that's where we're at, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know, you know. Uh, but I jumped on here for, for, uh, for this. Shit just got real. My sister uh, texted me in a panic. Her, uh, my brother-in-law um, has the coronavirus. He is now the fourth or fifth person that I know in my little world that has the coronavirus. I talked to him. He's like, it started with uh, basically explosive diarrhea for two straight days. He was freaking the F out. He's a little better, but now he's he's dealing with a, a cough, which scares the fuck out of all of us. And he's also dealing with um, body aches. And uh, he says he feels better, but uh, we're checking in on him like three or four times a day. I got nephews and nieces that are scared because they were in the house, so they don't know if they have it. So they're getting tested. But like I said earlier... Uh, you know, they got to wait for the test results. So there's uh, there's a bit of a panic in my world as far as the coronavirus goes. And when this thing started, what, five, six months ago, I said, you could even look back on the podcast. I said, eventually, we all would know somebody that has uh, has this damn thing. And hopefully, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, 162,000 uh, people have died from this thing. So there's a lot of you that probably know somebody that has actually died from um, the coronavirus at this point. Uh, it's no joke. But I, I also want to be kind of fair and say that um, out of the four or five, actually, there's a couple more people um, that have it in my, well, not a couple. There's another person that has it in my family, um, but I can't really tell their story. But anyway, um but the four or five people I could talk about that have uh, the coronavirus or had the coronavirus in my world, you know, uh, family and friends, to be totally honest, they all got through it. But the one thing they have said over and over again, every single person I've talked to that has had this thing, they have said, holy shit, this is really fucking scary. And that's where we're at. So my family's... Uh, kind of on edge we're we're hoping my brother-in-law you know makes a full recovery a lot of you people from the uh, old o and a days know know this person by the way he uh he used to be the bartender at uh, fh riley's just a just a great great guy a great guy so uh you know just uh, keep your fingers crossed but then again, you know, I'm just one of many. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people in this room right now that are dealing with this shit in their own uh, world. All right, we'll get back to that in a second. But uh, I got a new sponsor. God, I love Lucy Nicotine. Love these guys. It's Lucy.co. Uh, L-U-S-Y dot C-O. Use the promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, at checkout and get rid of your old cigs or vape. I'm telling you, man, they're the real deal. Now, I'm not a smoker, but uh, Lucy came to me and said, hey, man, we really, really like your podcast and we really, really want to... Um, uh, you know, sponsor you, and I'm like, well, I got, I got, I got a neighbor that's trying to quit smoking, and I got a family member that's trying to quit smoking, and they're like, perfect, that's all we need. I'm like, all right. I said, look, give me some product. 
I can't promise anything because if they use your product and they don't like it, then we have nothing to talk about. They're like, oh, I guarantee they're going to like uh, Lucy Nicotine. I'm like, okay. So long story short, they gave me uh, wintergreen and the cinnamon one, and I handed it out to my neighbor and a family uh, member, let's just say, and they love it. And guess what? They're getting rid of their ciggies, and they're getting rid of their ciggy breath. And uh, they're very, very happy. Uh, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by former smokers who are finally making tobacco alternatives that don't suck. It's 2020. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your tins of dip and go get some Lucy Nicotine gum or lozenges that actually taste great. And you know what? I did try the wintergreen because I was just kind of curious. And it, it does taste great. It, very, very nice. Good job, Lucy.co. They're the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's simple. It's 2020. Lucy has delivery down. Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, and you will get 20% off all their products, including gum or lozenges, made just for OP Radio listeners. All right, here's the deal. Lucy.co. L-U-C-Y dot C-O. Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, at checkout and get rid of your old cigs or vape. And also, I got to read this warning label to you as well. Warning! This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Check them out. Lucy.co. Promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to get 20% off. Welcome aboard, Lucy.co. Ursula Moorhead? That can't be her name. Moore's Head? <laughs> Ursula Moore's Head? Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at your name. <laughs> Yes, it's very scary, but you just gave me a laugh because of your name. Ursula Moore's head? <laughs> Don't make me tell the uh, the Kuntz story again. Greatest name ever when I was a caddy. Now I got to tell it. I understand, but I was a caddy. I was a kid. I was uh, just hitting puberty, and I had a caddy for a woman who was really hot, a MILF. I was probably early teens to mid-teens. And she was a solid, uh, I don't know, upper 30s, early 40s, built like a brick house and played golf great and knew how to kind of get her butt in the right position for her golf shots, if you know what I mean. And man, when the wind blew, I didn't need the bluechew.com promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, because I was getting boners left and right. You see that flag blowing in this shot right now? In the old days, that would have caused a boner. But anyway, so um, her name was Anita Kuntz, K-U-N-T-Z, and we all made the mistake of, of, uh, of mispronouncing the last name as I try to keep it a little classy here. And her um, husband's name, no joke, his name was Dick. That means Dick Kuntz. His parents had a sense of humor. And then it turns turns out that he he marries a lady whose first name is Anita. And boy, was that uncomfortable when you mispronounce that name. And she would just kind of giggle and look at you like, oh, you silly little boy. Filled with cum. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks for the, uh, the memory. Ursula Mooreshead. Uh, but hey, Keith Jacob with the, the smiling and laughing emoji. I appreciate that. You had a teacher named Henry, oh, Harry Wiener. There's no way. Oh, and Ursula said, yes, I've heard them all. Okay. 
Everyone's saying hard to hear you. That means the wind is really kicking up. How, how's this? Is this better? Another storm's coming? I, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's rain and fog. Actually, the fishing would be fantastic right now. Maybe I should turn this off and just go enjoy my life. Maybe if I block the wind, this is no way to broadcast. I used to be in the state of, in a state of uh, the art studio that I built. It was my vision. I said, this is what I want for my studio. And now I'm using my body to block the wind. What happened to me? <laughs> what, what happened to me? Oh, my God. Life could be very strange, my friends. Don't ever take anything for granted in this world as we're all figuring out with the coronavirus, okay? I used to be a big radio star, and now I'm using my body to block the wind so I could talk to you guys for a few minutes on Facebook Live. <laughs> what happened? There you go, Cody Zone. Uh, I had a pivot. That's right. I'm pivoting. Yeah, life happened. It's it's all good. Honestly, it's all good. It's how you deal with it. My God. I mean, the the fact is that when I was a big radio star in a, and, and I was in a state-of-the-art studio, I don't know how happy I actually was. I mean, the money was good. I'm not stupid. I loved making a lot of money. I mean, it's hard to to, to deny that even if you work on your spirituality, you know? It's hard to uh, make believe that money doesn't matter. Uh, so that's the balance you try to find for yourself. It's like, man, I love money, but I also love living in the moment and being happy. What do I do? What do I do? But anyway, uh, it's all good. I'm just, uh, I'm just having a little fun with my, uh, with my demise. <laughs> ah. But then again, I would be in New York right now, you know, slaving away doing a dumb radio show. And instead, I'm at the ocean with the wind and that American flag uh, a-blowing. And then I'm going to do some fishing. How, how bad could life be? Come on, man. Right? Uh, the big yellow one's the sun, not today. Although we talked about this on a, uh, on a past episode of the podcast. The sun is always shining. When you're down and out and you feel like it's doom and gloom always and there's always clouds above your head following you around, just remember, above the clouds, the sun is always shining. And that should get you through your day, right? Yes. The country needs O&A. Oh my God, Mike, what are you talking about? That show is dead it died before it broke up you dummy the ONA that we all know and love uh, went away way before the show actually broke up you silly goose it was a good run right thank you Michael Long says it stop talking about ONA that's right we're doing this now and if you like it great if you don't that's okay too there's simply a million at this point, there's a million podcasts out there. Just people just babbling with each other. Most of them are kind of stealing the whole old ONA format. Ugh. I swear, man, if I have to hear another comedian and their stupid podcast just 
babbling and babbling and babbling. Oh my God, I never realized that that me and you were friends. Oh my God. What, tell me about your experience in the comedy clubs. Do you, have a, do you have a story about a comedy owner or being ripped off or you want to talk about a heckler? Something that happened to you while you were doing stand-up? Uh, let's talk about the, the condo and how you had to live for the weekend with strangers. Shut up! You're not interesting! You're not interesting if you spend your whole stupid comedy podcast talking about the process. You know, this is what I do. What What do you do? What do you do? Shut up. And then if they're not doing comedy, they literally have no lives. None. Go online and look at any comedian's uh, social media. And if they're not doing comedy, you don't, you don't even know what they do. If they're not on a stage, they don't they don't have hobbies. Most of them don't have uh, wives or kids. Their whole lives revolve around getting on a stage, and that is it. That's why a lot of these uh, comedians are losing their minds because of the coronavirus, because they can't get on a stage to feed that ego. <laughs> I'm kind of down on the comedian. Can you tell? <laughs> Can you tell? Oh my god. I hung out I hung out with so many comedians and I'm like, "Oh my god. Your whole life is just making fun of everything around you and and you don't have a ho- you don't do anything. You don't do anything. You just you're just scratching your body and and counting down the hours until you can get on a stage again. That is it. That's why they're not interesting when it comes to podcasts. Oh, they could come up with a set a 45-minute set that's fantastic. And you'll be sitting there in the comedy club and you'll be laughing and laughing and laughing your ass off. But as far as a, a person, they're fucking boring. Boring as fuck. Uh, Bennington? Yes, of course. I'm not talking about Ron Bennington. Ron Bennington has life experience. And then he decided to get back into comedy later in his life. I respect Ron Bennington uh, big fucking time. And that guy is incredibly knowledgeable. You sit down with Ron Bennington, you're going to learn something. You're gonna, he'll, he'll, he'll talk uh, about movies or documentaries or music, all sorts of stuff. And then you, you sit down with a comic and you, you, you're hoping to have a nice conversation. And they'll look at you and they'll make fun of your hair, your shirt, your shoes. And like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then you're like, but anyway. And you try to get into a, a conversation and you realize they can only talk in 10 to 15 second uh, bits. Because that's all they're used to. That's all they know. Hey, how about we have a conversation? I, I just saw this documentary. It's called Outcry. And uh, wow, it's about the judicial system and this kid that was done wrong at the height of his uh, high school football career. And he had to go to jail. And as they were trying to figure out what the hell was going on, and no one even wanted to listen to the guy because uh, because they, if it was found that uh, he was wrongfully accused, then it would hurt their careers and it would hurt their egos. Hey, nice fucking hair. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we did that already. But you want to talk about uh, Outcry? You want to talk about other documentaries? What do, you, what do you say, man? Why are you wearing old man shoes? <laughs> oh, my God. 
it's the paranoia that prevents them from making real connections, you think? I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, man. It, it's really, really, it's a very, very strange world. And then if you're if you're in a room with um, you know more than one comic, then the whole thing becomes who is the funniest in the room. It's exhausting, and we all know I'm never the funniest in the room. <laughs> anyway, oh my God! But Outcry is a great documentary. Please watch that so we can talk about it. I got to find someone that. Uh, wants to talk about outcry on the podcast it, it was terrific it was really really good man what's up tim mcconnell saying that's hilarious thank you sir i appreciate that i'm wound tight i i know i'm wound tight uh, my life has been pretty damn good lately things are going in uh, the right direction i'm very very happy with uh, the podcast i'm very happy with my my personal life and then we added a puppy into our uh, household, and uh, things are good. But then, man, that coronavirus just hit us right between the eyes with uh, the news that my my brother-in-law has it. Uh, he's doing okay, but um, I got to check on him again today to see where he's at. And I know I got uh, young nieces and nephews that are a little a little nervous because they were sleeping at uh, his house, and then they found out that uh, my brother-in-law had it or has it, I should say, he's still dealing with it. So now everyone's in a, a bit of a panic trying to get everyone tested to see, you know, if they have it or not. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit wound tight. Well, at least we got Putin. Putin said that they got a vaccine for the coronavirus, so we're good now, man. Game on. Time to get back to our lives because Putin figured out the coronavirus and the vaccine, so we're good. Make sure you get your, uh, your Russian Putin vaccine for the coronavirus. Oh, if I'm going after people today, I want to go after John Bolton. John Bolton is all over the news about uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic, talking about Trump, the impeachment, all this shit uh, against Trump. And look, you guys know I'm not the biggest Trump supporter, that's for sure. But you know what? Fuck John Bolton and fuck his walrus mustache. How do you like them apples? This fucking asshole is basically saying that, uh, you know, Trump is dangerous for America, but he didn't say all this stuff when it mattered. He was waiting for a book deal. He was waiting for a big payday, and then he was willing to tell the, the, the world what he knows about Trump. So fuck that guy. If I was the media, I, w- I would ignore him and not give him any interviews. Because it wasn't that bad if you waited for a dumb book and to get paid to, to tell the world what you knew. God, I hate everyone today. Stupid John Bolton. Uh, of course I'm exactly right on John Bolton. There's either two things, greed and his ego got in the way, or, to be completely fair, what, uh, what Trump was doing while John Bolton was working at the White House wasn't as bad. It's either one of those things, obviously. Uh, God, people, there's, everyone just bullshits. Everyone just bullshits. No one is real. Yeah, exactly, Chris. If Trump was that dangerous, why didn't he say anything at the time? That's my whole point. Uh, he's not as bad as Michael Bolton, Wayne Boo Atkins. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Michael Bolton. He was one of those guys that had to just keep his hair so he could get recognized wherever he goes. 
you know he wanted to cut his hair many years before he did. But he's like, man, if I cut my hair, then no one's going to know I'm Michael Bolton. Who cares? Just cut your stupid hair. It looked ridiculous for 10 fucking years. You come across those people that they don't change their look because they, they, they want to make sure people recognize them. I'm trying to think of others that, that did that way, way past the time they should have. Yanni! He's one. Stupid Yanni's like, oh, you know, I'm known for this long hair and this mustache, so I'm not cutting my hair and I'm not shaving my mustache because when I'm walking into a Starbucks, I want people to point at me and go, oh my God, that's Yanni. <laughs> Why am I talking about Yanni? Uh, I used to like Yanni a lot. I'm trying to remember the one uh, CD I. I was it Keys to the Imagination? Is there any Yachty fans out there? Kenny G's another one! Thank you! With those long, curly locks that went out of style a million years ago. But he's like, man, if I cut this and have a new look, no one's going to recognize me while I'm walking around the park. <laughs> I need people to say, oh my God, isn't that Kenny G? <laughs> Yeah, Zamfir, master of the pen flute, is your dude? Oh my god, Fabio's another one, thank you. That guy needed people, especially women, to go, oh my god, that's Fabio. Oh my god, what, how can you tell it's Fabio? Well look, it's his hair. It's the hair that gives it away, that's Fabio. Why don't we go over there? Why? Why would you do that to yourself? And why was he famous? Best thing that ever happened to Fabio or Fabio? Is it Fabio and I've been saying Fabio? Whatever. Fabio was when that damn bird hit him in the face when he was on the roller coaster. Oh, did I laugh and laugh and laugh. How does that happen? Howard Stern is another one. <laughs> yes. Him and his fake hair. I was told 20 years ago that he had, that he had fake hair. I, I Look, who knows? I mean, you know, Howard can't take a joke or anything, so I got to be very, very careful. But we had a uh, we had a sponsor on the old WNEW show, and the one guy looked at me, and he's studying my hair, and he's like, ah, it's too bad. You, you're good, but, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I, can make it, uh, I can make people look like they have a full head of hair, and you can't even tell. I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, uh, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but Howard Stern uh, used us. I don't know how true that is, but over the years, uh, people have basically said that he's got um, pretty much, you know, fake something up there. Of course he does. No one keeps their hair until the end. And if you keep your original hair all the way to the end of your life, you should not be trusted. <laughs> How do you have a full head of hair? What is going on with you? Uh, Howard is laughing to the tune of half a billion. I know Brian Parnas. You're right. But he's a, he's a very good example of a guy that uh, there's not enough money in the world to actually make him uh, happy and at peace for, that, for whatever reason. He's admitted his struggles over the years, but, and he's been in therapy for a million fucking years, but he's still just not happy. I don't know what that's about. Uh, we don't need to talk about it, but that is the truth. John Travolta hair. What does that mean? 
I think John Travolta was surprised to find out that his wife died, huh? He's like, oh my God, look at that. My wife died? All right, that's too much. That's too much. That's too much right there. I understand. I'm trying to be a better fucking person. 126 people in the room now? 130? I see 138. How about that? Your daughter gave birth over the weekend. Congratulations. You're now a, a grandma. I have, I, have, uh, I have people that are grandparents now that are fans of mine. How long have I been doing this? Why am I doing this still? <laughs> you see 151 people in the room? Nice. Let's talk about how many people are in the room. Oh, it just dropped down to 147, my friends. Nope, now we're back up to 152. My God, God, what's wrong with people? They got ADD. Now it's 155. No, I didn't like the last two words he said, so I'm getting out of here. Yeah, but maybe he's saying something really interesting again. I'm going to go back in the room and check that out. Ah, that wasn't that great. That rant was just okay. I'm going to go check out another podcast. Yeah, but I don't know. He's still alive, and he's fucking nuts. He could say something really, really fucking stupid, so I think I'm going to go check it out a little more. Oh, you're high at work. I love it. Howard's daughter gave birth. Oh, my God. Really, Lisa? Well, congratulations to Howard Stern. He's now a grandpa. I have nothing bad to say about that. Maybe that'll make him happy. Maybe him becoming a grandpa will make him uh, happy. Who knows? Oh, okay. Howard Stern's daughter gave birth over the weekend. That's, uh, you know, you know what? This will surprise people. Congratulations to Howard Stern. That's wonderful, wonderful news for his uh, his family. A baby girl. Oh, boy. I, I was scared when I found out I was having a daughter. Because I know what you guys are capable of. And then my wife, you know, she's like, look, she'll be able to handle herself. Especially if we raise her right. And I'm like, you're, you're right, but... And then I just started staring at every guy... You're all fucking pigs. I know. Not that I was a pig. I was respectful. But, uh, yeah, when we found out I was uh, having a girl, my, my first thought was, No! That's a true story. And then everyone got mad at me in the doctor's office. I, I just fast forward to her dating. And then, you know, people in my life that are of, of the female persuasion, they're like, well, why didn't you feel that way when you, uh, when you found out you were going to have a son? It's okay for you to have a son but not a daughter? You don't think uh, a woman could handle, handle herself? I'm like, you know what? You're right. And at that moment, I became a feminist. And I started studying women and supporting women and fighting the good fight with women. And I must say, all these years later, uh, right on, I, I think very differently in a very good way. Did you know that uh, women couldn't have credit cards in the year 19? 1978 without their husband co-signing for the credit card <laughs> oh my god that's just crazy 
By the way, uh, just to be accurate, it was either 1978 or 1974. I think something else horrific happened in 1974 uh, to women where they were finally able to, I think, I don't know, drive a car or something ridiculous. But uh, (laughs) there you go. What's up, Thomas? How are you, buddy? Welcome to our little Facebook Live. You're you're tuning in a little late because we're about to wrap up because it's getting windier and foggier. And uh, some kind of rain is now hitting my back. You have a 20-year-old daughter and she doesn't put up with shit. That's what I like hearing, Chris. And you told her about guys and how they are and how they can be creeps. I love you, Chris. You're my inspiration. And I'm not even just saying that. But these women today are tough. They can handle themselves. My God. Bottle rockets out of the most private of areas. I, I, uh, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself that we came up with that. We, uh, there was a time on the Opie and Anthony show. I think this was even before, uh, satellite radio. We were able to do so much more with women. We did, uh, many things with girls and their vaginas. And I, I don't regret it. I have grown as a person. And I, I try to look at my life and not regret too many things. It was the time, and we didn't really force, we didn't really, I shouldn't use the word really, we didn't force any women to do anything they didn't want to do. They understood how popular the show was, and they were looking for fame and glory. And if that meant uh, volunteering to see if a bottle rocket could be shot out of a vagina, then so be it. And I'm here to say, believe it or not, because now we got cancel culture and political correctness and we got people that get triggered all the time. I'm here to say that we actually had a girl come down to the WNEW studio in New York City. We built a heat shield and we put a bottle rocket in her vagina and we lit it and it flew down the hallway and exploded. Yes. That's what we did. The golden era of radio. And then we also proceeded to see if a cell phone would ring inside a vagina. Uh, and that was the days when the, the cell phones were, uh, were, were a bit larger. Larger, excuse me. So we had to find a special lady. <laughs> and I believe we couldn't get the cell phone to ring, but I'm not really sure. I don't remember fully. Um, and then I think, uh, oh, I have two more and look at all the people in shock. It it amazes me how many people are listening to this podcast that, uh, really don't know much about the old Opie and Anthony show. And I mean the old Opie and Anthony show. It was even more outrageous before Sirius XM, believe it or not. Then we had a lady that, uh, made a lot of money at bachelor parties. She, uh, she called us up and said she could throw things from her vagina And I'm like, come on. So she came down with eggs and ping pong balls. And she had this hip motion where she would place stuff in her vagina. And, of course, we made her, uh, you know, get completely naked because it was very important for the radio show. And, uh, And then she would do this hip move and these things would go flying out of her vagina. And then we would try to hit them with uh, wiffle ball bats and, and whatnot. And then we, we had a catcher mitt and we would catch them. And uh, so we got that done. And then we also found a, a woman that could actually smoke cigarettes uh, with her vagina and uh, she wouldn't use her hands. Just a cigarette in her vagina 
I'm like, there's no way this is going to work. And to this day, I don't know how that plumbing works down there. But I'm here to say that she absolutely took a few drags from a cigarette using her vagina and no hands. And yes, the smoke was coming out as, as if she was blowing smoke. Yes. And that's why I respect women. Because if you could do that stuff with your vagina, then the world is yours. <laughs> oh, Christ. Carl, take it away. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-